And so what breathwork in itself is, it's the number one somatic healing modality in the world because you don't need anything to do breathwork. You don't even need a facilitator to like lead you in because what it awakens in your body is what it's meant to awaken in your body. It's very unique to you. Welcome to the Conscious Leadership Podcast, where soulful entrepreneurship and holistic mind-body wellness meet to help you heal, discover your soul's purpose, and change the world. I'm your host, Gabby Ortega, entrepreneur, psychology expert, social media maven, and soulful leadership coach, and it's my mission to empower you into becoming the light leader you're meant to be. Each episode will be diving deep into topics that will help you gain personal mastery over your healing and mind-body wellness, while also giving you practical tips and tools to help you create, market, and scale a heart-centered business around your soul's purpose and life mission. Whether you're in the beginning of your self-awakening journey or a seasoned inner work god or goddess who's ready to step into their leadership as a soulpreneur, this is going to be your new favorite place to be. We know that you don't just want to feel happier and more fulfilled, but you want to deeply know yourself and powerfully step into your life's purpose while creating massive abundance around your mission. That's why I've created this podcast for you, the light leader of the next generation. Welcome home. I'm so glad you're here. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Conscious Leadership Podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Ortega, and I am so excited because today I have my good friend, Shanila Sitar here. Hi, Shanila. Hi, Gabby. I'm so excited that you're here. Um, Shanila is a fourth generation sound healer, you guys. She is the real deal. And she's the founder of Always Play Studios and the creator of Flow Breathwork, which she was just telling me incorporates more feminine energetics into kind of the breathwork practice in a very, very unique way. So I'm so excited to be here with you. Welcome, welcome. Thank you for having me. And, and we were also just chatting about like all the different energies we're sitting around, the plant energies, all the dogs energies. So I know this is going to be a good conversation for us. Yes, absolutely. So good and so juicy because I think, you know, breathwork has been such a huge part of my healing, my trauma and PTSD and getting back into my body and establishing um, a healthy way of releasing the trauma and the stress and the pain and the things I've gone through. And there's so many different benefits to breathwork. And I'm really excited to jump into all of those um, different things with you today. But I think to get started, I always ask the same question because I think everybody like wants to know what is your healing journey? Like what has your journey been? Um, you know, you're super successful. You have almost 30,000 followers on Instagram. Um, you know, you have a great business set up. You're really in, you know, in all respects kind of like made it. And a lot of people are like, Oh my God, you must be like so balanced all the time. You must have never had anything bad happen. Um, so curious, like, would you mind sharing a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. And you know what? It's like, okay, I'll let you know when I get to my the end of my healing journey. Like, you're going to have to have me back on. So I I'll be literally it, dead. Like, that's end. when it ends. <laughs> yeah, like, when I die, like, I'll come back as a ghost. I'll be haunting everybody and still be unhealed and all of that. So just to, like, preface that, you know, it is a journey. And, you know, my initial dive into healing and any kind of healing work wasn't actually intentional um, back in the day, which is about maybe 12 years ago. Now that I say it out loud, I actually used to have an award-winning digital agency that I created from my dorm room in college. And what? I yeah. That is, I, that's amazing. <laughs> and, and I was like this like baddie tech 
entrepreneur, like making websites and building databases and like closing the deals and doing all of that stuff, like had, you know, six figures, blah, 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 bought my house, all this stuff. And I'm like 22 years old at this time and feeling like very accomplished and doing all the, all the things, meeting all the check marks and having fun at the meantime, because I don't want to, you know, tell you that I didn't have fun doing all of that, but I did find myself sick. I was relatively healthy in all sense of that word, you know, in my young 20s, you know, not like partying, not doing anything harmful to myself, eating well, I'm an athlete, I play field hockey, I'm an archer, like I'm, I'm generally healthy, but I found myself being sick in so many different ways. I started to have panic attacks, I was having these cysts in my stomach, my hair was falling out, I was like fainting out of nowhere, my mm-hmm. sleep was disturbed, I, I've always had like chronic insomnia in so many different ways, oh, and especially... Goodness especially when you're at that age, when you're in your young, you know, a woman in your 20s, when you go to the doctor, they tell you like, oh, it must be stress or it's hormones or it's your period. And so everybody was like dismissing, dismissing like my experience, like everyone was dismissing me. And so that's- I've had very similar experiences. Like oh, that's girl. really frustrating. I'm so sorry. It's frustrating. And like nobody necessarily teaches you how to take care of yourself. You know how to do all like this external stuff. You know how to do all the like, uh, goal getting the milestone checking off checking up all the boxes kind of shit but you don't necessarily know how to take care of yourself but intuitively I needed I knew I needed to take a step back and when I did um, I kind of started to get better and then I dove into psychology research which which is where I was for like almost another 10 years looking at what keeps girls interested in math and sciences looking at women's experiences in society working with research teams all around the country And then again, I found myself like being sick because I was like doing all the things, being very good at doing all the things and then just like achieving, achieving, achieving. Even if those weren't my goals, I found myself sick again. And so I had to take a step back and it's like, why am I like relatively this healthy person? But why am I getting the manifestations of illnesses in my body? And where are those roots from? And so when I stepped back, it really included me just being intentional about what I was doing in my life, rather than just going in a, in a fast paced like momentum, like goal getting or checking off the boxes kind of way. And it all started with me getting this like Tibetan bowl, it all starts with the fucking sound healing too right like it's like you hear something that it's like pierces your soul and you're like yeah and actually I was I was actually at a music festival when I experienced my first sound healing even though you know you mentioned that that's right I was at a festival with with my bestie and uh and you know you mentioned that I'm a fourth generation sound healer but they were not practicing sound healing in the way that we see sound healing being practiced right now they weren't using gongs and crystal bowls they were they were in Bangladesh this is that's where I'm from I'm an immigrant to the United States that's where I grew up there's there's a different format of what sound healing looked like but when I experienced sound healing at a music festival I was like walking up to this tent with people with crystal bowls and gongs and literally Gabby I was rolling my eyes to the back of my head because I'm like what the heck is happening I've been there too and I'm like look at these fucking weirdos and now I am I am the weirdo like oh I see you're like you were ahead of the times man you know I was just like rolling my eyes because I'm in this like very sciencey space I'm in this tech world like linear logical systematic ways but it looked like everybody was taking a nap and I'm always down to go take a nap. So I was just like, I just shut up and I laid down. And that was the first time in my life where I experienced like pure stillness, just like stillness in my head. And I'm like, what? is that like what is that like what are you talking about? like that right? like I never even experienced that 
And at that time, I also thought that to be quote unquote, like somebody who meditates, you have to be, you know, somebody who could go into the caves and sit on a mountaintop and you're like, so zen out and a fly flies through your face and you're so unbothered because you're at peace. And I'm like, no, girl, like that is not me. My head is like, and I have like all these different things going on. And that was the first time that I experienced just pure stillness, just quiet, just zen. And from then I'm like, okay, my lizard brain is like, okay, let me go discover what is happening. What is the science behind that? What are the logistics behind it? What is happening? I wanted to like overlearn everything, but it really started with me actually going into this, uh, this Tibetan shop. And I spent like three hours with my friend, like picking out the perfect Tibetan bowl, because I could tell like some didn't resonate with me and some did resonate with me. And at that time I didn't actually know what that meant, but I picked up this bowl and in the morning I would ding it for like, three through 30 seconds to a minute. And I would just like, just let it do its thing. And at nighttime, I would just ding it. I didn't know what was happening. All the, all the intricacies behind it. I was just like, just ding this thing and breathe for 30 seconds and go to sleep. And then I started to notice there was a difference in my sleep and there was a difference in my mood. There was a difference in my reactivity. There was a difference in my energy. And so I started to look into that. And I would say that was like the catalyst of just like that big push up the cliff. Like, here you go. This is your gateway drug into healing. Because here you have this like Tibetan bowl that's doing all the things. But yeah, long story short, that's where it started. And that's where it is. Oh my God. I love that story so much. And I can relate to so many things. Like as you were talking, I was like, don't like interrupt. Because <laughs> I was like, oh my God, this is me. Um, you know, it's something that you can't deny. It's something that like, you know, I'm the same way. I'm very analytical and I come from the background of like psychology and research and trauma and, you know, grounded science. And, um, <laughs> and you can't deny what the feeling is when you enter that space of stillness. And when you feel it, for me, it feels like, uh, you know, it's piercing my body, like through my body. And it's kind of like clearing things out. And, um, and that was the first time I experienced it was profound. And I have the same kind of hamster wheel brain. I have ADHD, um, fire sign, like, like, you know, I'm like manifesting generator. I'm constantly downloading yeah. things, um, constantly thinking. And uh, I did experience that too, because it was almost like overpowering my brain's ability to like, like not pay attention. It was like, I had to, it had to pay attention. Everything got really still. And, um, you know, what I love are these, um, like water experiments, uh, you know, where they study the crystalline structures of water and you see how water is affected by sound. And I've even loved like, uh, those videos of the sound bowls with water in them and you can yeah. see what's happening to the water, uh, you know, molecules and things like that. And we're made of like 80% water or something mm -hmm. like something like that. So why would we expect, um, to not be affected by sounds and vice versa? Uh, you know, I was in New York. York a couple of weeks ago and um it, we stayed in the city normally I stay at my mom's house in the suburbs in New Jersey and uh I haven't stayed in the city since like high school and the amount of sound and all constant sound like it was so overstimulating um that I couldn't sleep the entire time I was there I was just like my body was just feeling so much more so I think it's like it's really interesting. We have a lot of people who say like, oh, I don't know if I believe in sound healing. I don't believe in, it's like, honestly, just try it, be open, like let your body experience, um, you know, what's there and you're going to see, it's going to change the game. Absolutely. And you know what? I think that 
uh, sound healing gets a bad rap because it's like low-key if you listen to music then you already participate in sound healing you know like exactly you, you already know that certain music makes you feel certain ways and it's it's your brain that's listening to your body that's interacting with your emotional body in a very specific way that you know if you're just thinking about it in terms of like crystal balls and gongs and stuff like that you're not going to understand that there are actually very specific frequencies that are being used in sound bowls they're not just random balls that are like pretty colors they have very specific specific tones they have specific um, crystalline structures like you mentioned there's also very specific frequencies and so different frequencies your brain listens to them in a very specific way so certain frequencies allow you to get to an alpha state certain ones get you to a beta state certain ones get you a theta state certain get you to a delta certain get you to a gamma so it's not random in the way that it's happening so if you just in tune yourself to some of the sounds that are like already happening around you even if it is like annoying traffic or beeping and all of that your brain has a very specific way to entrain its way meaning that it matches the vibration and the frequency of what's the loudest around it or what's the mm. heaviest around it so you can actually entrain your brain to the honking of the a honking of the horns in like New York and New Jersey and you can also entrain your brain to the birds or the nature or the water in different ways and sound healing is essentially an umbrella of energy healing energy work and if you understand energy, everything is made of energy. The way that you're talking is energy. The way that you think, the things that you eat, the things that you put into your body, everything has a very specific energy exchange to that. So sound is no different. It's just one form of uh, a healing path. Yeah, oh, I love that. And thank you for sharing a little bit of like the science behind it, because I think um, especially for the people who listen to my podcast, um, they love to know, like, what are the mechanisms? Like, what's actually mm -hmm. going on? Uh, you know, do you have, do you know offhand, like, some frequencies that are um, beneficial if maybe you're struggling with, like, confidence um, or also anxiety and things like that? Yeah, I mean, I honestly wish it was like that simple. And I think in a very like Western aesthetic wellness world, like we want that answer. It's like, bring this to frequency and it's going to heal your trauma. And like how toxic and abusive is that? You know what I mean? And, yeah, you know, yeah. you with your psychology background, me with my psychology background, you, you know that it's not just like this one thing that solves everything. But certain frequencies are more average for people. So for example, 432 is a really powerful frequency that's found in nature. And so it's known as the miracle tone because it helps balance your body in certain ways. So anything that's vibrating too fast in your body at the molecular level, 432 helps it kind of come back down into that center state. And anything that is too fast in your body helps it come back down into that center state. So anything that's so slow puts it back up. Anything that's too fast helps it come back down. So you get to get into the state known as equilibrium. And so you may have heard about equilibrium or that Zen state or that flow state through traditional meditation or through dance or breath work or any other healing modality that's talking about this, like that, that state of peace, you know, where you're just yeah. content, that ease. So 432 is a really powerful one that works for most people to get to that equilibrium state. And so now if you're vibrating in a place that feels like more low vibe, you know, coming from, for example, example, if you look at a scale of zero to 100, if you're feeling at like a five, going from a five to a hundred is like a huge leap. It's actually going to feel more painful to 
do that leap, then to come to from a five to maybe like a 20 or five to like a 50, there's a gradual process of that. So in the sound healing, if, if you're practicing with a or attending a sound bath with a um, trained sound bath facilitator, they know how to get you from that state where you are and work you up into that higher states of whatever it is that you're working with. So for example, you know, Always Play Studios, we do a lot of work in communities. We have programs in women's shelters, veterans legions, youth coalitions, and we're the first in Southern California to get grant funding from the state of California to bring holistic healing into clinical populations. What? That's huge. Yeah. And so, you know, and, and this is like humble brag and I'll tell, tell this to you because as you mentioned, you know, a lot of your listeners love the science. And I say like, when you're, when you're dancing from the science and the mysticism and the metaphysical lean into both those worlds, because you can flex your science background and get a lot of opportunities for yourself that you might not be able to, if you were like distancing yourself from this like old version of your old life of you, that is like too linear. Cause like get that money, you know, get that bread, get that head. <laughs> like they say, that right yes get get that money and put it into your communities but why i was saying that is you know we have programs in certain places where you can't just come in with like okay we're about to open your upper chakras and do your like third eye oh god in a community of like a woman's shelter who is not who is feeling ungrounded unsafe you know there's a lot of sexual abuse sexual trauma there's a lot of more serious things out here too you know like don't 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 go go off into 5d 10d 12d and leave people out here you know like yeah Yeah. there's there's a lived experience in that so sound is the same way that just because you play happy music to somebody doesn't mean like that all of a sudden they're happy sometimes it's about holding them in the space where they are which might feel like a low vibe to you and then working them way working their way up through the combination of different sounds frequencies entrainment and a whole different process that helps you get into like that higher vibes Mm, I love that. And it's like a very trauma informed way of approaching it. It's like, you're not just going to hit them with like the level 100 when they walk in, like, we're going to get you here right now. It's like, no, I'm going to hold space for where you are and honor that. And then gently, um, you know, with using like the tools and skills and the kind of intuition, bring it up into a space that's going to feel better, but also safely. Absolutely. And that that's something that I feel like is sometimes missing from a lot of the, you know, healing modalities and the healing work that I do and sound healing and breath work is that like, we know what the outcome we want. So we want happiness, joy and peace and love. And then we want to just like force people in there. And sometimes like if you just hit people with it, like they're good to go, like, you know, let people do their quantum jumps in the way that they, you know, they're they're prepared to. And at the same time, holding space for that journey to be true, because we know that, you know, there's always been people in our lives that told us like, you know, it, it, just, just do that or just like get over it or just do, like that just attitude doesn't work in intuitive healing and it doesn't work in intuitive entrepreneurship. And, you know, me and you, Gabby, both are intuitive entrepreneurs. We're uh, the conscious leaders. Like there, there's an element to that feminine energy, which is about that softness, that yin, that holding that attraction that isn't always met in some of the places that we've existed in previously. 
Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, it's really just beautiful to kind of bring in this, um, you know, different kind of energy into the space of the healing and the wellness and when it comes to energetics and all of that. Um, you know, and also what I'm hearing too is like bypassing, right? I think there's a lot of, and from a therapeutic standpoint, there's people don't know what to do with pain and discomfort of other people. They want to fix, they want to jump in and they want to say it's okay. And just because they're uncomfortable with those, like holding space for those deeper, more painful, feelings or experiences. And so what happens a lot of time, and I see this too, and it's so frustrating, um, is that kind of like, hey, let's just hit them with the get happy, get over it. Like, we don't need to like, but there is in that liminal in between where we are feeling really vulnerable and raw and we're going through things, there's so much power to be had in that space. And that is necessary for actual healing because we can fake our way to happy any day, but does that last? No. Does that actually heal anything? not really uh, long-term, you know, what we're looking for is to get to the root and to get to the root and work through that root and have it kind of like dissipate from there. Um, so yeah, I think there's a huge problem with bypassing like toxic positivity. And I know we see it a lot on Instagram and on social media when things are in bite-sized pieces. And I don't know, do you have any feelings or thoughts around any of that? Yeah, I absolutely do. And I think like, you know, any of the work that we do is really about the energetics and you can always know things in theory, like in theory, we should be happy. We should get over it. And you live and you die. Like that's facts, right? Like, so in, in, True. Theory, we, in theory, we know that, but what's the energetics beyond where the energetics of what we're teaching and preaching and what we're living by. And so, you know, part of what uh, I, I train sound healers and I train breathwork facilitators. And part of our journey in doing that is I'm always like, really serious about them being in practice of what they teach. So don't let me catch you be a breathwork facilitator who never goes to breathwork. Don't let me catch you holding space for, you know, yep. 10 million people when you can't even cry in front of anyone. <laughs> when yeah. you, you can't even say that. And, it, and, you know, that balance might look differently for you in a different season of your life. But the part of it that becomes bypassing is that if we're only driving in one lane, but we're not driving in the other lane, or we don't ever look back and say, like, am I ever going to, you know, circulate this energy back into myself and really embody the energetics of what it is that I teach? And in the same way that you wouldn't go to learn guitar from a guitar teacher who doesn't know how to play guitar, like I don't trust you. So I wouldn't li like to go to a sound healer that doesn't practice their craft or expand on their knowledge or a business coach who doesn't own a business or, or yeah. a kind of mentor, right? right? Like everybody's like Instagram famous nowadays. And so it doesn't necessarily matter what happens on the back end. And, you know, it's like, do you actually do the thing that you practice? And the part yeah. where bypassing comes from us is that we're trying to skip a lot of steps and not because we are ill-intended. I don't think that everybody who bypasses is like ill-intended. I think intentions are, are important when we think about like how bypassing happens. Sometimes it's from our own experiences, sometimes because we just didn't know better. But in a world where we have leaders that are BIPOC, that are, you know, diverse, that there's, we're in the virtual age where we can learn, we have podcasts to listen to, like, you don't, you're not stuck because you don't have access to information nowadays, you know, like, yeah. you're not stuck because you don't have access to information, but will you take that time to educate yourself and feel through that discomfort of some of the things that you think that are actually contributing to inequality or, you know, inaccessibility or whatever it is that it's contributing to? Maybe it's your bad because you didn't know, but are you doing anything 
to know about it? Are you doing anything to dismantle your own thought processes based in colonization, based in capitalism, based in, you know, your upbringing, based in, you know, things that maybe, you know, are not directly your fault per se, but you have a role to play in that. So yeah. in, in a, in a, in a nutshell, I, I definitely think like all of us are guilty for bypassing in certain ways because we're stuck in our own ways of thinking too. You know, we, we, we have our own biases and thought processes. We have implicit biases, we have explicit biases. And so all of those things will always exist because we're human. We, we can't expect for us not to have, you know, any kind of influence on like the way we are, like we are the way we are because of like we experienced it in our life. And that's, that's what brought us here. And yeah. so we can't be mad at other people for that same reason. However, and like, there's information for people to do their research at the same time. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it is your responsibility 100% to take on your healing, to do your healing work, to stand in your integrity, um, to make sure you are like doing all of the things that you need to do to protect yourself, protect others, you know, stand up for your community um, and provide accessibility and, um, you know, realness with what you're doing. There's a lot. It's so funny. I had this conversation with someone really recently. I forget who it was, um, but there's a lot of people out there selling, um, you know, services that they literally are not trained to do, but maybe went through one time, like a breath work class and now they're like doing breath work, like workshops. And you're like, okay, did you actually like really do this work? Did you really study? Do you actually know how to safely do this? Or are you looking to just like kind of quickly jump to help people, even though you're well-intended, um, you know, and, but bypassing this entire process of actually doing the work to be able to do that ethically. So I don't know. I, I've seen a couple of, uh, you know, actually more than a couple of people doing this. Um, and it's kind of scary a little bit. It's terrifying to be honest. And, yeah. you know, and, you know, I'll lead that into, you know, what's happening in my, my domain of, you know, my breathwork facilitator trainings and everything is that, that's exactly why I was motivated to create something that held people while teaching you the logistics, the conscious facilitation, the tech, the science, the indigenous history of breathwork that tends to be left out and bypassed in communities. And we've kind of just accepted that because there isn't like another place where we can go to learn that. And for example, you know, uh, you, men you mentioned like the scariness of that. It's like there's there are groups of healers who claim that they've just like invented indigenous practices. <laughs> there's groups of people. Oh my God, the worst the absolute worst <laughs> and, and then they've like they've also managed to you know gatekeep that practice in such a clever marketized way and it's like wow like, like clever you know like very yeah. clever but how toxic and harmful and I and I get uh, I get a ton of facilitators into my trainings who are predominantly women uh it's not exclusively curated for women but who I tend to hold space for are predominantly women and female identified and a lot of BIPOC, right? So there's a very unique experience of um, immigration, of cultural history, of, you know, socioeconomic history, of violence and racism and trauma that is very, processed completely different in these spaces than in white health spaces, just to be honest in that way. Yeah. 
And the people who have come through from a lot of trainings who come into this particular container, they're surprised that it doesn't have to be that old way. And so we're in this place where we're also dissecting our own, our own bypassing and our own participation. And like, why did we let that happen for so long? Why did we participate in those things for so long? And why were we okay with it for so long? And so as we come into this new version of what healing and healers look like and what mentorship for healers look like, what support for healers look like, it's not the same as what it looked like even five years ago. And part of the reason why I'm even motivated to do anything, what I do and always play, you know, and always play studios is like, it's just not that serious, but you can't just be gatekeeping healing for people and pretend like you understand everybody's experiences when you are only you're only a learner in somebody's healing journey. You're only the space holder in somebody's healing journey. You've got to take yourself off that pedestal and be informed by all these unique experiences that are happening, all these different traumas that you don't have an idea of. You can't even conceive. You can only know in theory, but not the energetics of that. And how do you consciously as a facilitator hold space for that and also excuse yourself because maybe you don't know everything. So how do you open yourself up to collaborate with other people, collaborate with breathwork facilitators and therapists and somatic healers and, 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 and work as a community in somebody's healing journey rather than, you know, portraying that you're the end all be all like five steps to healing and like five, you know, five week healing journey. And now you're good with your inner child. Like that shit's going to come. I find that so funny. It's like, come here for one workshop and we're going to fix your inner child. I'm like, who, what? Yeah. Like (laughs) let's plant the seed for that. Like, I do love that idea. Like let's plant. Cause maybe, you know, I didn't, I didn't know my entire life about inner child healing. And so I did have to learn it. Like, and that seed was planted but that gets nurtured and unveiled and blooms and dies. And, you know, it, it's, it's an ongoing process for that. So I don't have anything with like planting that seed, like absolutely please more people plant the seed on that. And also understand that, like, what are you, what are you actually promising at the end of the day? What is, what is the journey that you're promising at the end of the day? Mm, yeah. And being really in your integrity about what people should expect, you know, and how long this takes the healing journey never ends, man. Like you said, like, it's like when I'm dead in the ground, possibly. And even then we don't know, like maybe it continues. Who knows? You know, <laughs> like I've been here a few times. Yeah. I mean, I'm pretty convinced that I chose this whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, you know, a little, little masochistic uh, soul spirit way. Oh, um, okay. So <laughs> tell us a little bit about flow breath work. This is something that you created and are bringing into the world and I would love to know like what makes it different what is it all about and how is it helpful um you know for us yeah I mean right off the bat I will um I will mention the whole thing that we just spoke about in the last few few minutes is that this is a uh, this is a combination and borrowed element from a lot of breathwork that already exists that I practice in my own unique expression. And so flow breathwork includes a three-part breath that is an indigenous practice that's been used for thousands of thousands of years, even if people claim that they have created it in the last 20 years. There's a lot of history Love behind that. that. <laughs> and you'll also find evidence of it in the Vedas, which are some of the oldest um 
uh, literary texts that are available and still alive to this day. Uh, so yeah. there's a three-part breath that's a really powerful breath that moves around stagnant energy in the body. And so anything that you're holding in your body, any emotions, any old stories, any traumas that you don't even know that you're holding in there, it helps release those things. And so during a breathwork experience, you might feel a, a, a big release. You might feel emotions, which are literally emotions, energy in motion, the word actually stands for energy in motion and so yep. you might feel emotions flowing through you might feel some old stories come up you might feel some you know old thoughts come up you might be thinking about like chad from high school when they said this thing and you're like why am i thinking about this but like all these random things come up during this like very simple breathwork practice and basically flow breathwork adds in a different component which is the movement part of that so breathwork is typically practiced in a very stiff way it's a very masculine practice you're breathing in a circular way but you're also like stopping your body from doing its natural movement which is actually a circular movement it wants to do this like very glidey serpenty kind of almost uh if you if, if you wanted to think of it this way a very sensual movement mm -hmm. that blends this masculine practice of like doing a very constricted breathwork practice with this flow energy movement which is more about this feminine and energy. And so we're not practicing breath work, just like laying down or sitting up, we're actually standing and doing this. There's so there's a very goddess energy, very sensual serpent energy that you're moving through. So it becomes a more full body somatic experience than if you're just sitting, which is still powerful in its very own way. So not to knock that you can't do it sitting like, absolutely, you can do it laying down, but then it adds this extra component of healing. And so what breath work in itself is, it's the number one somatic healing modality in the world because you don't need anything to do breath work you don't even need a facilitator to like lead you in because what it awakens in your body is what it's meant to awaken in your body it's very unique mm. to you so you can do all the healing you want on like journaling and paper you can do talk therapy to like help you you know parse out things but there's still information in the somatic body the energetics of information that live in the molecules of your body in the water of your body and this is new information we're learning that there's in, there's like memory in water and you're 80% water and so you're holding like a lot of stuff yeah. that's not even yours it might be from like a past life it might be from your ancestors so you're waking a lot of stuff a lot of stories that you get to heal through that you don't necessarily get to heal through in very traditional models of breath work and very traditional models of um, therapy. It's a blend of all those worlds. And at the same time, while we're breathing in this way, which is this three-part breath, you're breathing into your mouth the whole time. And there's variations of it where you're breathing in through the nose and they all do different things, um, which oftentimes is not taught. It, it, it actually does very different things in the way your nervous system is activated and your endocrine system is activated. And so essentially when you're doing this breath, you're awakening all these neurons and information in your gut. And in the back in the day, we used to only think that neurons were created in your brain, neurology, neurons, we call them neurons for that reason. But it turns out that your gut actually has a whole different set of neurons that talk to each other in a completely different way than the ones in your brain. So yeah. like 
And you know that kind of, because you get that gut feeling, you get that intuition, you know, that like feeling in the pit of your stomach, that butterflies in your stomach, but you didn't really know how to like verbalize that. You didn't know how to articulate that. You kind of just like knew it in your body. So when we're moving in this way, we're actually accessing this second brain that we have, this like whole different arena that we have. And now we're also learning there's a third set of neurons in your heart. Uh, and the Harvard Heart Health Math um, Institute, they're, they're studying all of this stuff right now. So it's in the next five, 10 years, we're going to have like way more, you know, science stuff to talk about that. And, Yay! <laughs> and so in the heart, there's a third set of neurons and there's overlap between all these places. There's a third way these neurons actually talk to each other. And they're kind of like this. They're like nodes. They're more flowy. They're not firing like the ones in our brain, which are binary. So the ones in our brain fire like yes or no, black or white, zero or one. And it's a very like computerized, linear, logical, systematic way of thinking and processing information, which is great and amazing. We love our brain neurons. But then in your gut, you have these like more intuitive neurons in your heart. And you low key know that too, because in your heart, you're just like, oh, my head said yes, but my heart said no. <laughs> like We have this like linguistic in there. And we also mm. understand that these neurons aren't always like talking to each other or they don't have coherence within each other. With, with each other. They're all sometimes at dissonance, meaning that they're, your heart is saying one thing, but your gut is saying something else, your brain logically, da, 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 and they seem like three different brains. But when you're doing this three-part breath and you're moving your body, you're actually sending all this information and allowing it to connect in a circular energy. So your brain now gets to connect to the information in your gut and gets to connect to the information in your heart and vice versa in all, in all sense of that direction. And so in this process, it, I call this flow because like that's actually where you get to you get to that flow state where you're not disconnected where you're not just fragments of yourself you're not just fragments of your head and your heart and your body and your gut and your thoughts and your experience you're just this one person like you're in this one integrated yeah integrated right like you're in this one vessel and at the same time what flows through you like a river is the emotions, the energy in motion. And you also low key understand that you process emotions in your body too. Like when you have that heaviness on your shoulder, it's not your elbow, it's your shoulder. When you have that heartache, you know, culturally, regardless of what language you speak, what gender, sex, creed, universe you're in, heartache is processed at the center of your heart, not at the left of your spine where your actual anatomical heart is, but at the center of your spine, universally that's where it's processed you get that gut feeling it's in your stomach you get that you get that heat when it's when it's passion when you get that uh, intense emotion the anger burning in uh, in passion burning anger heated steaming mad you see the cartoons that has like the steam coming out we also have clues in our body that are the uh the cold temperature which are more like avoidant so when you feel like cold things coming through it's like that avoidant emotion like the ice queen the icy the mean girls are like the very cold shoulder you know it's like oh that was cold blooded like how you hurt me like that like, like it was like so cold that, that you kind of linguistically already have these phases phrases in your language you linguistically kind of locally understand that but when we're doing flow breath work we're putting it all into one that the, these emotions that are holding on to your shoulders this burden that you're hanging on in your shoulder as soon as you have that uncomfortable conversation or you go do that uncomfortable thing or you send that email you're like ah, weight's been lifted off it has this process that it has the ability to flow through and i always always describe this energy as like a river.
river, right? Like we have all these different energy centers in our body. We actually have hundreds of different energy centers, but we, uh, in, in modern culture, we talk about the seven main ones. You might have heard of them called chakras or chakras, and they're basically energy discs. And the way that I describe that is you have these energies spinning through your body all day long. They're never blocked. You know, they're, they're, there's no blockages in a chakra. There's no, they're, they're flowing like an endless river. So you have this river, it's flowing, flowing, flowing. And sometimes a big thing falls into the center of your river. And sometimes that big thing is like a big ass tree, like a pandemic or like a breakup or something that happened in your life. And you're just like, oh shit, like something's in the center of my river. But that flow of water didn't ever stop. That flow is still going. It's still going from point A to B. It's just going to have to figure out a different way to go through. It's going to go under this tree. It's going to go over this tree. It's going to try start to cut uh, through this three tree. Eventually, it's going to go around it. It's going to find its way to finagle around this like big tree. And the thing is, like, we're it, it's really obvious when big things happen in our lives, like a big trauma or a big thing that we can see. But what's even sneakier for us is when it's little things that happen, like a leaf that falls into the river, which might be, you know, you not being able to speak up because like somebody always speaks up over you at work or they always like tell you, you don't know what you're talking about. And, and it's just one leaf. And so you're like, oh, that was annoying. And I don't feel like advocating for myself. But like over time, a bunch of leaves keep collecting in that river. So one leaf was not dangerous for you. But over time, you've collected a bunch of patches of leaves that are sitting in this river that are actually in the path of this flowing water. And these are sneaky because that can manifest as a, a, a stagnant energy in your throat because you weren't speaking up. So now that sits in your throat. And so here, maybe you're manifesting, you've manifested an illness like a thyroid problem or a, a sore throat or some, a cough that won't go away. Something that is like always there, but you just don't have something to attribute it to. You might have, you know, that pain on your shoulders, that leaf pile that's on your shoulder, because maybe you're like in a dynamic with a friend or a relationship or a partnership or, uh, or a job that doesn't necessarily feel like it's serving you, but you haven't done anything about it. It's like this leaf pile that's collected over time. So what happens during flow breathwork is like, it's the river cleanup. Like we're cleaning up all this stuff. I love that. <laughs> it's the cleanup process. It's like, let's go, you know, and sometimes it's like, all you have to do is just kick that tree, just a little, just nudge it a little bit. And it's going to flow by itself down that river. You don't have to actually go with a, you know, like a whole like uh, tree clean up crew and you know spend 10 years cleaning up this tree it looks really big but sometimes you just finagle it a little bit and the and the river current will just carry it through it will disintegrate down the line we'll find some beavers for it to take care of it later down the line right like you worry about it over there and but the thing is when it's sitting there we don't actually understand that it's sitting there because logistically you know we see that yeah there's this heartbreak there's this trauma there's this big tree but these little things that have collected over time, our childhood stuff, our limiting beliefs, all the different things in our subconscious, all the ways that, you know, we, we learn protective behaviors, the way that we learned avoidance, the way that we learned to disrespect ourselves, the way we didn't learn how to set boundaries, blah, 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 all these different things collect. And it's mm. like, they don't actually have to stay here. And it would take forever to go and be like, okay, what is this leaf? And what is this leaf? And what we can do that if you want to spend the time and just like really go through that process. Absolutely. But sometimes you can just go and be like, 
Yep, scoop up that entire pile and be like, do I need this? Rot and leave? No, I don't. And then you go to the next part of your part of your pathway and you see like other pockets of things that have collected. So what flow breath work does, it helps you just do that on the subconscious level and on the somatic level. So you don't actually have to think about where that leaf pile is. And maybe you intuitively know where that is because you know you feel that on your shoulder, you feel that in your gut, you feel that in your stomach. Like you feel that, you intuitively might already like know that. And my guess is like, you kind of know, know that, but you might also be surprised that like, wow, all these things are the ways that I show up in my life is actually really based on the pain that I'm carrying from like my dad or my mom or this like relationship that I thought I was over. And like, you know, your hashtag girl boss attitude of you is just like, I'm over it. Like that doesn't phase me, but it's still living in your river for some reason. It still has permission to stay there. So this flow is allowing you to bring back the flow in your river, bring that back the flow in your energy, and you're moving through that. So you actually give yourself permission to feel instead of, you know, controlling, instead of forcing yourself to do it in an incredibly masculine or assertive way, you're blending that, uh, that masculine energy of like, yeah, there is a specific way you're doing this breath work. And there's a softness, a gentleness, a move, an ease, a sensuality, a yin, that feminine energy too. Mm, oh my God, this is so valuable. I'm just like soaking in this information and everything that you're saying is just resonating so deeply. Thank you for just all of that. And I think, you know, when I when it comes to kind of processing out our leaves and our gunk out of our river, it's so funny that we are so like in our heads, we're cognitive, we're like thinking about it, we're talking about it. And, and really it's stuck in the body, it's stuck in the energetics. And that was one of the biggest, biggest healing lessons I learned about why therapy didn't work for me and why I stepped out of the traditional therapy model as a therapist and psychologist um, because there needs to be an integration of this energetic, this um, physical aspect of the healing process with the intellectual cognitive aspect because yes, narrative is so important finding meaning from what we've experienced is so important but that stuff that that actual what happened to us does live in the body and we are we before we had language our body was our number one information processing mm -hmm. center it's the most ancient way of processing information our brain developed last you know language like think about pre-verbal trauma to children before they develop language the only way to heal that as an adult is actually to heal it literally only through the body pre-verbally because what they experienced happened to them before even their language developed to um, be a part of the uh, experience so because that language doesn't exist you know they have to go back into just pure feeling and somatics and breath work and things like that and they're able, I've seen, to just make incredible transformations. And these are people who have been in therapy for like 20 years, um, you know, talking about it and it's never getting better. And then all of a sudden they feel it in their bodies. They have someone work energetically on them. And it's like this release happens that they've been feeling forever. And then you see things like weight loss. Like for me, when I did breath work, I've been struggling with my weight my whole life. I've also been struggling with like, because I was struggling with depression and anxiety and I was bullied and I have trauma and like things that my body 
body was like, it was protectively holding on to the, mm-hmm. the fat. And I would do everything I could. It would come right back. It would always come right back. It would always come right back. And as soon as I started doing somatic healing, um, breath work, yoga, um, I started Kundalini almost like six months ago now. Um, and just different modalities, massage therapy, um, dancing. Oh my God. Also just pure raging. I don't know if you've ever done this, but just like yeah. screamed. Yeah. Like, we so- scream a lot in breath. <laughs> oh my God. I did in, I did in the breath work that I did the one class that I, um, that I took in, took in New York that one time and I need to do more of this, but it was so intense. I literally have been like, I've been intimidated to go back, I think, but it's such a release as a primal release that literally my weight like left i don't work out and i feel and look incredible and i don't know like not that that's it's aesthetics and whatever but i think it's just honestly a visual testament to me of like wow i am so much more at peace with myself my cortisol levels are so much lower i am eating from a place of um you know wanting to nourish myself and not harm myself or fill a void so like when i eat i eat things that are good for me and i love it and i enjoy it and i eat cake too and it's great and i don't think about it but like for some reason i'm able to do all these things and live in a way that's so much more you know aligned with what makes me feel good and i never think about my body image anymore but it's actually now totally like all the weight has come off and I, I'm very healthy and I'm back in a place where like scientifically and going to the doctor they're like oh you look good um, you know your stats look good but it's not a concerted effort to change my body in any way and I think that's for me like you know I put on a ton of weight after I was raped in college mm-hmm. and it was such a defense mechanism for me I think to keep people away and because my body was so traumatized as soon as I processed that out with somatics like everything dropped it was so crazy um so i think like you know it's just like that's my personal experience and there's definitely different things that have happened for me as well that are more internal but it's always blows my mind and i tell my fiance i'm like if only i knew the process the the, to get rid of the heaviness that's always on top of me besides weight and just energetics too all i have to do is just like release it and stop thinking about it and trapping Mm. it in my mind because that's not going to do anything you know Gary, thanks for sharing all of that because it's like it's such a powerful share too because you know sometimes we want to like over contextualize our healing and like we we as our lizard brains want the the steps we want to know that if I do this then this will happen but that's just not the human experience and it's all it's really just about being and feeling and sometimes healing tends to be about leaving our body you know we want to do all the like let's connect to source and you know manifest and do our third eye and all this stuff but it's like okay cool but then like what about the rest of it the rest of it actually happens inside the body not outside of it it's like sometimes you got to be here in the present and that's where the information is that's actually where the information is and so when you're participating in your river cleanup you also know that just like your house as soon as you clean it up like it's dirty already <laughs> like like you put your socks because there's more stuff that happens <laughs> like there's gonna be like i hope your river is surrounded by all these beautiful gorgeous trees that do shed their leaves you know like that do yeah. you know go through their own season so there's always going to be a portion of you that has to come back and do this but it's like nice if you do it consistently so you don't have to be surprised that one day you're just like ah shit like you know, like my river is now just this like dinky stream and, you know, like I, I'm not getting what I want from it. So it's just like a consistent process of that. And two things that came up to me when you're mentioning, you know, like the traditional therapy route and again, to like not knock other modalities and other ways, because like 
after you do breath work, you should consult with somebody that you can help integrate this with, including a therapist who hopefully is also trained in somatic breath work and float. There are more and more of us coming out of of kind of that closet. (laughs) Yeah, like it just can't be this like separated portion, like, you know, the separated version, like do this or that. It's like all of it, you know, you know, it's like your plate of food. Like you don't only eat one thing, you you get different flavors and they they work for you in different seasons of your life. And most of the people that come in through our facilitator trainings are therapists. And this is not by coincidence. This is not by just like random happenstance. It's because of the way that they actually use these um, modalities with their clients is life-changing. It's like, that was the catalyst you know, it's not like you have to now do breath work in every therapy session. That's not what it is. But sometimes that's the catalyst to that breaking point where you're like, oh my gosh, we just identified this leaf pile. We just identified this like tree, you know, we just identified yeah. these like branches, that identification portion. is like, okay, now we can go into that. We can parse through it. We can look a little deeper in it. And maybe that talking portion is helpful. And part of what I was mentioning, and I love that you said this too, like dancing and raging, like that's what the flow breathwork is. Like there's no rule to how you're going to process that emotion. So sometimes in the same session, somebody's like hilariously like having a laughing fit and somebody's just like doing the biggest cry they have ever had. And there's like snot coming out and somebody's like having an orgasm and somebody right? like everybody's going to process emotion in a different way. It's going to flow through your body in a different way. So that rage, that dancing, that movement, the memory, the emotion, like everything that's coming up is so unique to that person's energy. And that's why we can't just like tie up like, okay, this is your healing package and like five, five days and you're good to go. Like we can't do that. That's part of yeah. just being that conscious facilitator in the long run. Mm, I love that. And I tell my clients all the time, like, if you think about like babies, if you've ever seen a baby, um, it feels whatever it needs to feel. It's all intuitive. It's a hundred percent intuitive. It feels into its body when it needs, when something's going on, it cries, it screams, it moves it like, you know, so like their conscious brain isn't alive and, and aware yet. So that's the best example of like, this is exactly what we're meant to be doing. We're not meant to control how it comes out. We feel something, our body intuitively knows how to heal itself, how it needs to move, how it needs to process it out. These are tools to help you get to that space and get out of your own way because we've liked to like control everything. But truly like once we've like let go of judging what it looks like, what it, you know, and just tune into what it feels like, then we access a whole other level of healing that, you know, like you said, in combination with talk and talk therapy and narrative work and cognitive work, you know, can be such a catalyst for changing your life. And I'm all about the end, you know, it's like, how can we just put more tools in your toolbox? So you have everything you need and you can figure out through trial and error and playing around, like, what is my combination that works for me? Like what speaks to me, what resonates and what works? Because like you said, it's different for everybody. Exactly. And it's also, you know, to, to be with facilitators that you trust can see you through that experience. And I know for myself, I've, I've been in therapy, I've, you know, done breath work with many facilitators and blah, blah, blah. And there are places where I'm just like, oh, wow, I actually have to explain to you, like, what BIPOC is, or, you know, like, yeah, yeah, cultural difference. And as I mentioned, you know, I'm an immigrant to the United States. And 
um, there's a very specific experience to that. There is a specific experience of being a 1.5 generation immigrant, which is like you weren't born in US, but you you moved at a time where it was like your formative years. So I'm yeah. when I was 10 or 11. And so there there is a there's a cultural battle in that. You're assimilating and also understand that you like not, don't fit in anywhere. And there's 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 a different narrative to that and different type of healing that has to happen and integration that has to happen into that process that is like well if you don't feel safe and be be heard and your experiences are dismissed that's also an extra trauma trauma on top of that you know for people who already struggle to quote unquote find their space or find their voice and find their seat at the table and what we're doing here with flow breathwork is we're creating our own table because healing has to happen in a different curation and that we have to take away the like the very bro mindset of like healing and and the capitalism of healing and the colonization of healing the the bypassing yeah. of healing and also you know not to not to sell healing as a commodity it's like let let's empower our facilitators to practice in the way that's going to make sense for their communities mm-hmm. and part of part of you know what i mentioned before with always way studios is like we have programs that facilitators have implemented in their communities that i can never conceive because i lack that experience and i lack that perspective of my own upbringing to be able to do that with a voice that they've been able, able to do that in their specific communities. So there's, you know, uh, breath work for Latinas or breath work for Latinas who have this very specific experience. And I was like, okay, mm. well, I wouldn't be able to curate that because I'm here South Asian, right? Like I'm in a space that I'm having to curate my, my strength and my own voice. And am I being authentic to what I actually know about? And that is my lived experience and what I'm qualified in, in my experience to hold space for and, and empower people to practice their work in the most aligned way for them in the most impact for their communities. Like, how can Mm. I just let them, how can I just prepare them so that they're going to be able to take off and take this into, into their communities in the ways that make sense for them? Mm. Yeah, that to me is like the definition of conscious leadership. You know, the, Mm. the not gatekeeping, the sharing the language, sharing the love, like sharing the knowledge and like being like, hey, take what works and like make it yours and make it applicable for what you're what you're trying to do in your corner of your mission. You know, we all I, I like to think like all of us healers are out there and there's like a big marble block of the world that we're trying to create and we can't do all of it. But each of us has like a small little like I have the fingertips and you have the little earlobe or you have this and like all of us have like our little segments that we're working furiously on and we're going to make them the best little sections and then together it all comes together and but that can't happen if we're just giving people um you know just a formula to follow and not actually taking in the nuance of different lived experiences and perspectives and um you know we could go niche down let's say into like all of these very very specific experiences and we need people for all of them every we need people everywhere so um if you're a healer if you're somebody who's looking to get trained um you know and be really ethical in the work that you do and accessible uh and really you know in your integrity then definitely definitely check out chanila's program her community um her flow breath work is incredible and i know we're not selling here um, but I'm actually just very excited. Like I want, I want more people to have access to all of this because it's true. Like 
with these skills, then you can go out and create your bubble of healing in your community the way you see fit. And that is going to be spectacular. Imagine like how many um, bright bubbles of healing we'll have when there are more and more of you who go through this kind of training. So where can we find you? Tell us all the details. <laughs> Yeah, you know, thank, thanks for all that plug. <laughs> I appreciate, appreciate all that. Uh, it's important, you know, it's important. It's hard to find good people out there who are doing really, really good work. And that's something that I'm very passionate about. I only have people on this program that I, I truly, um, you know, I know or I know them through somebody I really trust. And, you know, I really um, admire and appreciate all the work that you're doing. Thank you, Gabby. I really received that. And, you know, uh, it's it's all it's all about working together in collaboration with each other. And it's like, okay, we need more people. I, I think we get caught up in our own little worlds and just think that there's like too many breath workers or too many sound dealers. They're like, uh, go outside and ask how many people like know what breath work is, right? Like Exactly. <laughs> we need you to spread their voice. But yeah, you can you can connect with me on Instagram at Shanila.sathar. If you're interested to get trained in breathwork and flow breathwork, you want to come attend classes, you want to connect with our community, uh, go to alwaysplay.org and you can find trainings, immersions, masterminds for healers, support. I also run a year-long healing arts practitioner program where I train you in breathwork. I train you in sound healing and I also train you as an embodiment coach all in a one year journey. So you get to have that long-term support and mentorship from me. And you can also listen to my podcast. It's called the playground. You can find it on Apple, Spotify, blah, blah, blah. And we talk all about um, spiritual exploration, intuitive entrepreneurship and uh, personal development. Oh my God. Yes! So many things to take advantage of you guys. And I'm sure this is not the last time we're going to be hanging out because we both are friends with Melissa Ruiz and we're all talking about joining forces, creating things. I don't know. Uh, so we will definitely be talking more in the future about all the things we're going to do. Um, but you guys like go check her out, follow her, join her community. I think I might join that one year mentorship. Like we'll talk because it. <laughs> it sounds incredible. And um, thank you again for taking the time to really share your heart and your wisdom with us is there anything that you'd just a last like tidbit little like oh, inspirational thing i don't know anything that you'd like to share as a sign off with our audience yeah don't take yourself so seriously <laughs> like have some fun play a little bit and you'll be good to go that's my uh. Yes. And I, I second that very strongly. I find that my most fun also equals a lot of healing. So go for, okay. go for fun, go have joy, experience what life has out there for you. Um, so yes, until next time, we'll drop all of Shanila's information in the, uh, com or in the captions show notes things. And, um, that way you can go find her and thank you again for joining us. And we will see you guys on the next episode. Bye. Take care. And that's our episode for today, guys. Thank you so much for joining us at the Conscious Leadership Podcast. I'm so excited. This next year, 2021, is going to be huge. We have so many guests that are coming on that you are going to love. I'm going to be doing some more solo casts and own therapy coaching. We have so many things rolling out for you. Retreats, another round of Ignite starting in May, another one starting at the end of the summer, a mastermind, and so many other things. So be sure to stay tuned 
tuned with us on Instagram. Follow me at ohm underscore therapy underscore coaching and stay tuned for so much goodness coming up. As always, I would love to hear your feedback. Head over to iTunes and leave us a review and I would love to give you a free copy of my subconscious reprogramming workbook and that is absolutely free. Just send me a screenshot of your review and on Instagram and I will be so happy to send that over as my gift for you. And I am sending you so many hugs, so much love, and I hope that this week you are able to find just a little bit more joy in your life. Have a good one, guys.